Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor? It's the best place to start your podcast journey from. So, in case you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain and give give you give you guys more information about Anchor. It's free. There's a there's creation tools that allow you to record and and edit your podcast right from your phone or or computer. Anchor will d- distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more such prominent platforms. We can we as podcasters can also make money from our podcast with minimum uh, listenership. You don't need to build a huge listener base to make money out of a podcast. And simply put, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in just one place or in one platform and most importantly i would urge everyone listening to cricket unplug to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that is anchor a n c h o r .fm to get started on your podcasting journey thank you tony finishes off in style a magnificent strike into the crowd. India lift the World Cup. After 28 years, the parties start in the dressing room. And it's a, an Indian captain who's been absolutely magnificent in the night of the final. So, Raghav, uh, we move on to the second part of this episode. So, in the first part, we discussed a lot about... Uh, fantastic spells and mind-blowing innings from uh, these cricketers. But uh, these, although these are defining moments in the history of a cricket tournament, we cannot really take away the importance of uh, many, many other moments, you know, which always remain in the mind. You know, you will never be able to forget uh, that picture you know, in which uh, Kapil Dev uh, uh, lives his World Cup or uh, uh, Steve Waugh and his gang in the Lord's Balcony or uh, MS Downey 6. Or even if you take uh, other instances, you can talk about, uh, you know, the iconic picture of uh, 22 from 14 balls becoming 22 from 7 and then 22 from 1 and then yeah. the whole crowd being bewildered. And then uh, Alan Donald's uh, brain fade of the century in the game, which cost uh, South Africa nothing short of uh, the tournament itself. Yeah. So there are multiple, multiple memories which uh, have defined this tournament. Uh, Raga, when we talk about that, uh, what are the ones which uh, have caught up your mind? What is your top of your mind uh, moment? when we talk about uh, World Cups? So I think a uh, couple of moments which are n- right up there when it comes to, f- for me, but from a little different perspective, not from very fond mm-hmm. perspective, but I've never seen, so the first match, what, of, what I'm referring to is 1996 quarterfinals. Sorry, mm-hmm. six semi-finals. India versus Sri Lanka. From, Sri Lanka, yes. yes. So, it was a match which was going in India's favour. It was not a game which was 
say dominated by Sri Lanka, but just flurry of wickets and the way the crowd started to react, I've never seen that ha- happen in a World Cup. So it was very disturbing and very sad to see that because when I remember Vinod Kampli's crying face because he was in the middle when all those all the wickets started tumbling around him. I could I still have that uh, image in my mind of a uh, not complete crying. And even in, later on, he has said that Vinod was patient enough. He could have done. He could have probably taken India home. Is what Kambli said. If the crowd had not not uh, behaved the way they did, so it's very very dishonest. If I had to use the word "way" to end the end the World Cup campaign, from a from a cricket perspective, from a fans' perspective, when an Indian fan, although you don't want to see your team lose, I don't think you want them to be eliminated from a World Cup semi-final. That is not what anyone wants. I think even the most staunchest of staunchest fans would want a match to end in its due course. And if the other team plays well, fine, you just move on. Means it's a game of it's a game of cricket after all. So there has to be a winner and there is a loser. So, but Absolutely. that image stays in my mind. And uh, from a truly underdog perspective, if you if you look at it for reasons which are not in their favor, I felt the 2003 World Cup where Kenya reads the semi-final. So I am, I have been and I continue to be a strong admirer and follower of, of Mino, the way the Minos play. So even in early 2000s, when they never get, a, they never got the fair due from ICC, even they still don't do if, if you ask me. But it's, things are actually on the upswing if you look at uh, that set of teams, but and if you look at Afghanistan's success story last four or five years, it's truly, it's actually very gratifying to see. But I was somebody who firmly believed that the World Cup, one of the drawing or the key factors which drew me to World Cup was to see unknown teams from small countries play. I clearly remember John Davidson of Canada hitting 100 against. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to see. Yeah. I, I've never seen John Davidson play before. I unfortunately didn't see him play after the World Cup. West Canada was ranked 14th or 15th or something. So they I just think happened. I think to... World Cup hundred also. Uh, I'm not sure. Something like that. I think he he scored it in 50 balls or something. It was it was yeah, such a fun. rapid time. Yeah, 50. 55 balls, I think. So, mm-hmm. probably, I think among the top five, top five fastest hundreds, I think, by a opener, I'm sure, it would rank other. So, such kind of, so that, because as a cricket fan, like from both of us, we are used to watching almost every other series. So, for some non-cricket lovers, the World Cup would be the big event where even if they don't follow the sport, they are attached yeah. to the nation, nation and they start watching the World Cup with a, a, a different sort of excitement and thrill. So for me, the World Cup was a two-month 
fun tournament of course only later on as i grew up and i started to enjoy every aspect of the game i understood what pressure it it takes to be part of such a tournament but otherwise it was just this another another tournament for me but the biggest as i said the biggest selling point for me was to see uh, canada play and because two teams i think sri lanka and new zealand boycotted playing in in uh, kenya nairobi for uh, security reasons kenya reached the semi final of the world cup so now they got they got uh, easily uh, got easy win the courtesy saurav ganguly's 100 so stamping is authority on on kenya but just to see a mino reach a world cup semi final would be among those things which stays in my mind like even such things can happen the sport is a neural it's a big playing is it brings down anything so what happened i would actually go as far to say that what happened in two, in 2011 when uh, yuvraj singh played that very famous cover drive of bretley to end uh, australia's reign as the world cup supreme was and all that so that kind of feeling many people would have got when kenya reached the semi final because that that was the what do you say level of uh, surprise and how far they could go and they had couple of players i think even you might you might agree with me like steve tikaro and uh, thomas odoyo thomas odoyo so they could be part of uh, south africa if if things things were in their favor they they had that that amount of skill so it was really good to see that and even till date i would say even till 2019 i look forward to the minos play and unfortunately afghanistan couldn't cope up with the pressure in this in this world cup but i see them doing well in the next next uh, next world cup but uh, yeah that that's about the most memorable moments in a world cup would, would be this would be this to the one in which uh, sri lanka was defeated by kenya, kenya i think that was a yes. match and uh, they had this leg spinner if i am not wrong his name was colin sobuya and yes, yes. Uh, he uh, brought up a fantastic spell against uh, the sri lankans which uh, i think he took out uh, jayavardhana de silva and sangakara and all of these players it, it was a really good batting lineup they had uh, maruna patu and rafan arnold and jayasurya and sangakara i think i mean both oh, it was a top 7 which was heavy heavily batting loaded top 7 yes, and it was amount for under uh, 200 or something and also let's not forget uh, that beautiful spell from uh, asif karim he was a 39 year old i think that time and uh, he had yeah. a beautiful spell against australia yes. in the 2000 world cup uh, that those 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 moments really uh, light up and of course steve tikolo was i think uh, the most stylish batsman when it comes to the non test playing nations during that time i mean if you take bangladesh Zimbabwe, they are they are test playing nations, but if you look at uh, outside of yeah. the top eight, I think Steve Tikolo was one of the most uh, elegant and pleasant to the eye batsman during that time. 
definitely. So it is. So that's all I say. That that needs to be on a probably could say there's a separate podcast topic itself. I would say in this, but uh, why do we get to see a Kenya or a Scotland or a Canada only once in four years? So why not telecast more of their games? So there is, of course, not going to be many takers. I'm sure in India, I don't think many people want to watch a Kenya take on a Scotland or something. But I think they should be a little more inclusive, is what I feel. So and I and I hope and. That is one of the biggest positives of the ICC 2020 World Cup, is what I feel. Well, every two years you have a T20 T20 World Cup, and you have some uh, minor nation coming up, or even surprising the big team. So, like 2009 when Holland beat England in Lords or Over, if I'm not wrong. So something like that. It's possible for a small nation to upset the biggest of biggest teams. Because it's only only twenty overs of of good of good playing you need. You just pull off one surprise here and there. So I think the biggest plus of having a T Twenty World Cup is this in in my personal opinion is to get to see more of such team. Because there are some seriously. Because I remember to round off the discussion about Kenya and these teams. There are people like uh, Hitesh Shah. Yes, left-handed middle-order batsman. So he was pretty, yes. good, pretty efficient. If I would say, if he had the backing and he had the coverage, like uh, I think he actually reminded me a lot of uh, Andy Flower. Mm-hmm. To extent, the way he used to have his stance, the way he used to sweep the ball, means like the tendency to use the sweep as a defense mechanism almost. So that kind of. Power and the build power. He used to just bat on and on. I remember. So, so that so to round off that there should be more. There should be more tournaments. And I think last few year, few years they're showing the World Cup uh, qualifiers live. So that's a very nice thing to see. So we can see all these teams in action because there are some fine talents there. And so only thing is we don't get enough access and coverage to them. So we had to wait for a World Cup to see them, but as I said, it also adds to the World Cup being a more uh, interesting prospect, I guess. So, definitely, definitely. So, Rakhav, uh, another point uh, which we also discussed during the um, previous podcast is, you know, how. Uh, brilliant the australians were uh, you know throughout that period uh, from 1999 uh, up until uh, 2011 mm, couple of uh, couple of them they won under ricky ponting and in 99 they won under uh, steve o. Yeah. and uh, i don't think they even lost one single match during any of those three world cups that that is a feat which is unmatched i don't think if any other team in the next 100 years will go three world cups without losing even one match i think uh, that is going to be a, a, a himalayan feat by itself i think it, you can you can only compare that with you know roger federer winning wimbledon 
without losing a set you know throughout the tournament so it is as spectacular as that can't really compare anything else to world sports so uh, what do you think about the dominance of that uh, australian team uh, how do you, how how do you rate that uh, as uh, a top memory when it comes to world cups so it is among my recall fondest memory of a, of this tournament so world cup was you have players you build a team for a world cup but you need to have the skill and the ability to handle that pressure and they have been doing it with such ease so means i personally believe that there was no even till 2011 world cup when the 37 streak 37 match streak came to an end in palakele against pakistan so till then i think in cricket i would say apart from it could come as close to the west indies dominance in the 70s and 80s if you ask me from a personal perspective because we tend to probably overlook the one day format a bit when it comes to the magnitude of the achievement but look at the pressure any team or any player would be when you represent a country for a world cup and this team has won 37 games on a trot in the world cup you can attribute some games to being played against like in 2003 against namibia 1999 against bangladesh or kenya means the teams were Australia can win with the eyes closed. That team, those teams especially, 99, 2003, 2007, they didn't have to send out 11 players probably to beat. And I think Magra also was having a field day against Namibia. I remember some six or seven for 15 or something. So, and I don't think he even remembers that match. If you ask him, if any. That oh, is the uh, best performance in a World Cup uh, match till date. Seven for fifteen by Macra. So, but it was so it was like a walk in the park. So it was absolutely even I personally don't remember because that 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 is the dominance. So it's a one thing against the minors, but the way to pull off. Uh, look at nineteen ninety nine World Cup. So Australia didn't have a smooth run. into the semi finals it's not like they beat each and every team and then they reach the semi final they have there were hiccups there was in steve was autobiography he, he himself said i started started to lose hope alder had a strong team with me i started to lose hope so there was some self doubt even ponting mentioned that in 2003 world cup in the pakistan match he threw away is is a wicket to shoeb shoeb back there it was actually a good ball but ponting being ponting he actually blasted his own shot dressing he tried to hook shoeb back there and he was caught caught in the boundary so he was like i think i have lost the tournament so they equate a match to a, to a tournament almost because that is the sheer they call enormity of this this achievement it's not going to it's not going to happen like you said probably in the next 50 or 50 to 
hundred years in a in a in a in a World Cup because there can be peaks for for any team, and it might fizzle out after three years or maximum four years. So you look at this this English one day team. They slumped in two thousand fifteen only to come out champions now in two thousand nineteen. So they peaked at the right time, but twenty twenty three I don't think they're going to have the firepower. So you are looking at that kind of fluctuation, and Australia has maintained that level of consistency, dominance, supremacy, and he had individual champions being born also. If you look at ninety nine World Cup, you may not probably point out players like a Paul Rifle, Tom Moody, Damon Fleming, because they were quietly winning games for you, Australia. 2003 had Andy Wickel, who we discussed in detail about earlier. He had Andrew Simons when Pakistan were running rampage. They got Gilchrist, Hayden, Ponting. Australia were 30 for four or something, chasing 200. So then you have Andrew Simons, who was not the star he was. Then he was just a upcoming bully, is what the term was, especially in Indian <laughs> Indian media, especially new bully from. Or still, I clearly remember because of his hairstyle and the facial, uh, the cream which he used to put on it. He looked like a monster almost. So the way he mauled Pakistan, Wakari Unis, Wasim Akram, Shoaib Akhtar. So I don't need to go further and give a explanation how good those three are at their peak, walling at 145 clicks. And I remember a full shot he played to get to his hundred. Akar in his bowling shot, he made room, and he played a full shot, and he went I think to the tenth row or something. This is like outstanding. Like it's like I cannot even imagine any team coming that close to this that set of Australian thing, uh, set of players because then it's not easy. So any cricketer, anyone who has followed the game will know how tough it is to. Uh, Even have decent amount of form in a World Cup. For a matter, if you look at Sachin, is again he's the ICC events. He has not done uh, enough enough justice to his talent. On the other hand, you have players like, as I put, Simons, 2007 World Cup. You had Hasi, Michael Clark. So you have all these Nathan Bracken. So you may not talk about them, but they became stars. So I don't know it's it's imbued in their culture or I don't know how it happens, but when they enter a World Cup, some players who look very ordinary in maybe a bilateral series, they have a switch that gets turned on when they play a World Cup, and I never seen that happen. Only thing as I told earlier, which comes even close to this, would be West Indies dominating World Cricket in 1970s and 1980s. So. It's not going to happen again. So I think what Pakistan did, I think they they can be proud of that. They broke the a uh, a uh, uh, monumental world record in this in this sport, which I don't think is going to happen again. So I guess good good on Pakistan. I guess in a way that they broke that record. So it's huge, and I think. in on hindsight there is a 
not criticism but people especially english and some people from india i think some experts who don't rate this kind of achievement too much because of the point which i had mentioned uh, in the previous podcast by saying that ricky ponting okay steve okay then you have again ponting 2007 is like what what should a ponting do yes such a team this can go on the field and uh, australia is almost uh, expected to win so that is another factor which didn't come up earlier in my mind but expected to win that's not a joke you are expected to win always so and they did win for 37 games in a row so it's it would it's a i would say equivalent of a uh, winning the oscar five years in a row or something for a, for for actors for a decade i would say not five years in a row a decade continuously same actor gets a oscar award for 10 10 different movies it's <laughs> as big as that in sport so i think as you well put can sporting analogy roger federer winning uh, tournament without losing a set or maybe in football if you look at real madrid or manchester united winning the tournament without losing a single game something can like that could come close to the enormity of this achievement but i don't think you can find uh, too many uh, what do you call apple to apple comparison when it comes to this this is something which australian cricket and i would say world cricket should be proud of that a team has done this has achieved something like this absolutely absolutely right so i also wanted to understand from a indian fans perspective Uh-huh. so we had the iconic 1983 world cup win where the 1983 team of india were not touted the favorites to win the world cup so it's a classic tale of a underdog winning the tournament like almost how well kenya did in in, in 2003 yes it probably could be that so small town people how they emerged so that was the thing and then you have the world cup being played in india in 1996 means co dot the host there one one of the hosts and then as i told you there was semi final of the tournament where they lost out and if you fast forward a little more 2007 you had the indians getting knocked out on the in the first round of the tournament mm-hmm. after the loss to sri lanka and uh, Bangladesh. Bangladesh. So now we are heading into the 2011 World Cup, which is played in India, and you had a team led by Dhoni, who could be actually a perfect comparison to a Kapil Dev, small town uh, champion, so small town hero, uh-huh. leading a bunch of. I would say 2011 Indian team was uh, among the strongest ever. indian squads to play a world cup maybe 2019 can be on par is what i feel but you had yes. all the bases covered if you look at sehwag and sachin at the top gambhir kohli in the middle order yuvraj at his prime dhoni doing what he does best finishing of games and keeping was i think it 
hit its best note in the 2011 World Cup and after that, his keeping took a went to a different level. But I want oh. to understand is what I want to understand is being a Australian fan. What I hold very closely to me is the actually what Ricky Ponting did. He won around twenty four. Hundred games as captain, twenty-six uh-huh. games I think, including two thousand eleven till the quarterfinals. Uh-huh. They had won three, four games. So I wanted uh-huh. to understand the significance of Dhoni's leadership and the two thousand eleven World Cup as a whole. Like, how would you sum it up as Indian fan? Because that's something which has always been a something which fans hold very close to their heart. So the winning the tournament in the packed one kade. So I just want to understand your mind space. Like what what is mm-hmm. what does that match mean to you? Like, so, or the or what the tournament means? Sorry, not only the finals, the whole. Rakhav, so uh, when you talk about uh, World Cup wins, so definitely for me personally, the '83 World Cup definitely stands front. Because uh, of course, as human beings, we are psychologically drawn to the uh, underdog story. Whereas uh, in the 2011 World Cup, where you rightly put it, India were the front runners to win the World Cup. I would say clear front runners to win the mm-hmm. World Cup, uh, thanks to probably uh, the other teams, including Australia, not as strong as they were. Mm-hmm. But uh, in '83, it it was an absolutely uh uh unexpected uh, uh, effort from the team and it's an unbelievable uh, result to which uh without doubt uh, started off or even ignited that craze you know of cricket uh, in india that is that is when cricket even started to become you know a paid uh, uh, channel to be viewed because it was broadcast for free uh in your uh, national government channel still then so that really changed things it, it brought uh, the glitz and glamour to the game whereas if you fast forward in 2011 i think uh, india was the pinnacle of the game I, if i am not wrong they were the number one ranked test team also that time yes. and uh, we had uh, a fantastic uh, team of course i mean i still i would still believe that the 2019 team was much better than 2011 team because of uh, uh, just prith bumrah and uh, mohammad shami basically the fast bowling outfit was much much better in 2019 uh, so that rounded off all the corners but uh, that being said 2011 the team was still amazing and uh, uh, the only thing which stood against the team i believe was uh, the fact that no team has uh, never yet won the world cup playing at home Mm, so right. uh, that was that was the only odd which was stacked against Amos Dhoni Anderson. So Dhoni, let's say, was also going through a purple patch in his captaincy. He was he he had won the T20 World Cup. Mm. Uh, he he was winning uh, series everywhere. I mean, he had not yet lost a Test series uh, till then. Uh, whichever he captained, it was almost drawn. he had never lost it so it was his purple patch of course we know what happened after that so india came into the series with with, with such a strong head stand and 
I think it was just a question of finishing it off. And uh, mm. I believe if you talk about the uh, uh, matches and performance and the significance of it, I think it was huge because I think it uh, really uh, reinstigated the hope in the people that uh, yes, we were champions. I think uh, to win the World Cup after twenty eight years was almost a fairy tale. I think uh, it was it technically speaking, we won it. Uh, uh, in a previous generation altogether this generation had not seen an indian team win uh, a major trophy like the uh, world cup so again uh, we defeated uh, australia just like the previous team defeated the west indies which was the strongest team then so <clears throat> there were similarities i think uh, the script was like literally uh, well written for india and uh, it was great that uh, we did not you know uh, strive away from the script mm. so uh, the, there was uh, individual performance which stood out that i think uh, sevag started off with the boundary in most of the innings and the tendulkar scored a couple of great hundreds and uh, of course uh, the final when we were in a spot of bother when those two were dismissed gambhir played a brilliant innings and dhoni came and uh, finished it off so there there wasn't much of a glitch which we had to face maybe in the quarter final maybe a little bit spot of bother when uh, raina and uh, yuvraj came and finished it off so it was a great tournament much much in, required for india and that i think really brought the uh, more than the cricket team i think it helped the administration more because i think that made the bcca the strongest operating uh, board in the history of the game and i think that still continues even if we do not win tournaments i think we still are the big ticket you know all the top yeah. matches i think even in the last world cup 2019 most of the matches for india were held in weekends you know in the yes. league days right, right. Mm. yes i have the matches so i think the 2011 world cup helped in that manner even we are going to have the next world cup in india in 2023 yeah and interesting because what why i bought this up is a parallel what i see is to the 2003 australian team so they were they were talked out as among probably the best odi team to ever play a world cup mm-hmm. this is without shane one because who tested positive for drug so he had to be banned for one year so without yeah. shane one in their squad even then they were considered the best team and they were, so just to compare the level of expectation and level of thing but so one point more i just wanted to ask is that you uh, how big do you think was yuvraj singh's contribution from what he did in the world cup I, all round and what transpired in his life afterwards do you 
look at it like i personally have i actually read this book the test of my life mm-hmm. a couple of months back and my respect for that man has gone up more because i have seen people with with cancer in my family pass pass away so i have mm-hmm. seen what it does to a family what it does to the person involved so from very close quarters so do you think that he should have got he has got tremendous praise he's been i think lauded with lot of awards and this that but do you think yuvraj singh is somewhere hidden between the sachins and sevaks and donis and even probably a zahir khan in the 2011 world cup and now a kohli but have we done justice to somebody like a yuvraj singh or a gautam gambhir the two unsung, unsung heroes when you talk about it in world cup ever would be i would say gautam gambhir 2011 world cup wouldn't have been possible for india to win uh in my opinion without the gambhir and yuvraj being in their prime so what's your take on that do this have we done uh, enough justice to them or have we left them hanging like after after that i i i feel that gambhir definitely yes uh, i think gambhir uh, he is probably the unsung hero of the world cup easily i don't think he even won one man of the match award he he scored a brilliant innings against south africa too he played well almost uh, against all of the teams he was extremely consistent he he, he played very well and of course you can forget the Uh, the final probably if he had scored a uh, 100 probably if it was yeah. just a three figure score who knows maybe he would have been awarded the man of the match i mean that's that's how uh, the commentators or the people who decide the jury thing but viraj on the other hand he was uh, the man of the tournament he won the award people selected him i think he he picked up a lot of wickets i think he was yeah. the joint uh, highest wicket taker also for india he he took a fiver also i think against ireland or netherlands yeah. or something right right and uh, i i would i i really don't think that kivraj uh, would be an unsung hero i think uh, in both of both of the world cups which india won under dhoni to the the t20 in 2007 and the 2011 world cup both of the world cups uh yuvraj was a star throughout the tournament and gambhir was a guy who batted uh, brilliantly in the final both the times so i think even g- the 2007 world cup final the t20 which india won i think people will forget gambhir's uh, he scored an amazing 75 i think yes. uh, people tend to forget that uh, um but uh, from from a tournament perspective not much but as a player's perspective yes i think uh, sachin dhoni and now kohli are uh, revered by indian fans they are celebrated uh, but not really yuvraj uh, or uh, sevak to that extent not even dravid i would say i mean uh, yeah and i don't want to go back like i don't want to go back to the dravids and kumbles because i have a strong feeling that it is to do with them being Uh, south indian so the bias the mumbai lobby and all that so probably that's the reason they don't get talked about enough so but this again why i want to go the 2003 to 7 like for when 
Australia, you have the big names like Ponting, Martin, getting thing. But Andy Bigel, he did a lot of good things. And then 2007, Mike Hussey was in his prime. But you don't get, we don't get to hear that those things. We get to hear yeah. about uh, Gilchrist. dropped immediately after the uh, 2003 world cup they did not get to play the 2004 season at all for australia despite uh, them being the stars of the 2003 world cup for australia i mean yeah unfortunate yes so rakov uh, i have actually got a few questions for you okay uh, yeah so, uh, you need to answer me 15 seconds is what you will get You'll have to make uh, a guess within that, or else oh. I'm going to give the answer. All right. All right. Cool. cool. So, uh, the first question is, what is the highest score made in World Cups in a losing cause by a batsman? Who was it? Mm. Is it Upul Taranga, Sri Lanka? It is not Upul Taranga. It's actually Dave Horton who made a 142 against New Zealand in the 87 World Cup. Zimbabwe. Okay. Yes. Next question. Uh, you mentioned about Nehra 623, which mm-hmm. is still India's highest uh, uh, bowling performance in any in the World Cup. But whose record did he beat? Someone guesses Kumble, but Kumble got his best figures not in a World Cup. Six for twelve was not in a World Cup. So, yes. Is it the yeah. Agarkar? No, I'm not sure. Agarkar. It's actually Venkatesh Prasad. He's got a five for twenty-seven against Pakistan in the ninety-nine World Cup. Bangalore match. I think Bangalore. Okay, okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, Which which batsman has scored the most number of runs in World Cups batting second? Hmm, I think second. I'm sure you'll be surprised by the answer. I'm not too. Batting first, I have few names in my mind, but second. He has scored seven hundred and twenty-eight runs, and he is Shakib Al Hasan. Oh, who oh. can imagine out of all the people? Yeah, batting second, seven twenty-eight runs, or in World Cups he has got seven hundred twenty-eight runs. He has scored seven twenty-eight runs, batting second in World Cups. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. Yeah. Tendulka has scored six hundred and fourteen runs. Yeah. So my two, three of names which came in my mind were, of course, Tendulka, maybe Ponting, and I was thinking about even uh, Sarbib Richards. But all of them would have amassed most of the runs in the first first innings, is what I presume. So that's why I was stuck. This is completely. Hmm. Next question. Out of all the bowlers who have taken more than three innings in a World Cup final, more than three wickets, sorry, okay. in a World Cup final, there is only one player who has less than three hundred uh, first-class and uh, less than three wickets combined. 
Who's that baller? I'll repeat the question. Of all bowlers who have taken more than a three-four in a World Cup final, only one bowler does not have a, a total sum of three hundred wickets in his career. List A and first class combined. Who is he? Uh, he's a part-timer. Quick guess, random guess. Virendra Seva. No, it's actually somebody who has a much similar bowling action. It's Aravinda De Silva. Oh. So my last so question good. will also bring a very very surprising answer to you. Uh, apart from Kumar Sangakkara and ABD Villiers, who is the only other wicketkeeper to have scored more than? One World Cup hundred. Any clue, like a uh, which team does he play for? Uh, well. Uh... Let's say, in tune with the quiz we have had, most of the answers were people from the Mino nations. So that's my clue. Mm. One of the hundreds are scored against India in this century. The answer is surprisingly. Any guess? It's it's actually Brandon Taylor. Oh, but <laughs> I had his name in my mind, but I I didn't know he got more than one return. So I was just so my the names which came up to my mind were him, the for Brandon Taylor. Mushfiqur Rahim, then uh, I'm not sure if I forgot the 2003 Kenyan keeper, but anyway I don't remember them scoring 100 anyway. So, so it was floating around, but I didn't expect Brendan Taylor to be. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> so those are the questions from my side. Yeah, so I would, I have, I don't have questions, but this couple of uh, mind uh, ticklers or whatever if you want to call it. So, okay. like, who, whose names do you, comes uh, comes to your mind when you think of World Cup, World Cup wonders? Like, yeah. maybe you can take out Andy, Andy Bickle because we have, we have discussed about him earlier. So. Mm-hmm. Basically, who have had a fantastic World Cup, and then they just disappear from memory. So I'll give my answer to to make it slightly easier for you. One name which comes to my mind is Sri Sanz from India. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Means he didn't have a fantastic World Cup as such. He didn't play much, but he was part of a World Cup winning squad. 
only to have his cricketing career ended by himself two years later. So that sort of a story. Do we have any <laughs> interesting, intriguing, or interesting? I would say the person who comes to mind when it comes to having a fantastic World Cup, but not having you know such a famous you know being a great name is definitely Lance Klusner. I think uh, in '99 World Cup he was amazing with the bat. Mm. He took every wicket possible. He he played like the greatest all-rounder that the game has ever seen. But apart from that, he is a flash like buckling batsman and uh, a very nice medium-paced bowler. But uh, I don't think by any extremities of the game he is considered a great of the game. But I think definitely Lance Closer in the '99 World Cup. Also, another player who comes to mind is I think somebody who who we discussed just now lately called is King. I think uh, he scored that uh, 86 in the final, but then uh, he could not. I don't think he he could find a you know a place in the team after that. So those two players uh, readily come to mind. Interesting. So then, Thamma. Uh, purely drama perspective from the action uh-huh. drama perspective which match would you rate higher india versus new zealand in 2019 or south africa versus new zealand in 2015 both happened to be semi finals so i think uh, purely from a drama perspective usually the south africa versus new zealand match in uh, 2015 i think if uh, ms dhoni was not run out for 50 maybe maybe we could have you know had a chance with the uh, you know with uh, jimmy nation ball in the last over but uh, it wasn't to be but uh, can you imagine 5 foot 2 i mean 5 runs to enough two balls the greatest fast bowler of the century you know running into ball and then i think uh, we seriously i seriously missed out the player which i had to answer in the previous question grant elliot grant elliot grant elliot he was a world cup wonder and then he he smashes uh, uh, dale stain for a six and he ends up with a 84 not out unbelievable those those are things which are made up of dreams and uh, also the scene after which you see the fast bowler in his knees and uh, yeah. grant elliot uh, doing what new zealanders do best you know mm-hmm. sportsmanship so From a drama perspective, easily Raghav, I go to those game. Nice, that's right. That is what even I was going to do because the uh, India-New Zealand game, as I said earlier, it was bound to happen to India at some point. Like every team has a dip in form in a tournament, so it was not expected, of course, that it would happen in a match as important as as the semi-final. Like a bottom 2003 World Cup for Australia, they had couple of shocks which they came out triumphantly, Pakistan and England. But then that made them thrash India in the final, and the path, the trajectory of the team just went high and high after it. So absolutely, I think the biggest heartbreaks which India have had, at least I have had, watching the Indians play is. Uh, the number one is definitely the loss against bangladesh in the 2007 world cup i am still not over it i don't think i'd ever be and the second one is uh, the loss to uh, new zealand in the semi finals it was it was extremely heartbreaking 
you know i mean that 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 was one of the saddest parts but i think uh, uh, as as the world goes on to see it wasn't merely as heartbreaking as what new zealand had to endure a couple of days after that so <laughs> so then my final question is uh, considering world cups are very uh, special and uh, so there are teams like in my opinion south africa and new zealand that have not won a world cup so in my question comes from those two countries which two players do you want to see probably lift the world cup like as uh, virat kohli and many others said we wanted to win the 2011 world cup for sachin sachin uh-huh. uh, sachin padi so like from that angle in my perspective i wanted south africa to win the 2015 world cup first in as as you well put is one once in a what do you call a century once in i don't know, once in a lifetime kind of a moment he is yes. different something different so i wanted south africa to win although i was a, a australian fan and they were supposed to be they could not favorites but among the top 3 to win the tournament etc but back of my mind i didn't have a soft corner for new zealand i had a soft corner for south africa because i really enjoy watching dvds bat duplessy monne magul so it is pretty heartbreaking for me so if i had to answer this question it would be dvds and probably a uh, williamson from new zealand so if i ask you maybe from the current lot or from the since the world cup has started if you have to say give maybe three names maybe two or three names mm-hmm. south africa incident who deserve mm-hmm. to win a world cup but for probably i would say reasons not in their control okay. uh, ended up finishing their career or will end up finishing their career without having a title to their name so are there any think, favorite or any names that come to your mind i think uh, my answer is the player who will i think end up as the greatest ever cricketer not to have won a world cup you know and that is uh, jack ellis wow. uh, maybe there has not been a, a better cricketer than ellis i know uh, everybody has won a world cup ponting has murli dharan has won tendulkar Uh, every great player of his peers have won the world cup but unfortunately not callus not in 1999 the heartbreak not in 2003 when it was held there not in 2007 due to a strong australian team in 2011 they lost to new zealand i think yeah. that was a huge heartbreak uh, you know and then uh, i don't remember if he played the 2015 world cup uh, jack callus no. i don't remember no he didn't he didn't, he didn't. He didn't. yeah he was retired for that so uh, so i think uh, easily jack ellis uh, nearly talking about uh, greatness of a player i think jack ellis will remain as uh, greatest player never to win a world cup apart from that i would say uh, after his demeanor in the world cup final alone only for that i would say i think i want uh, maybe some point of time came came williamson to also 
you know, uh, pick up the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. I, I have seen uh, Jimmy Neesham, who is uh, probably the most active New Zealand cricketer on Twitter. And uh, many people have asked him the question, what would you give up to have won that match? And he always says anything. So, mm. we know that uh, inside those smiling faces, there are uh, burning hearts. and i think if uh, one man really deserves uh, you know a fair share of good fortune maybe i think uh, you want uh, you know it to go to kane williamson mm. no as the experts and many people say your player or a team is judged by the number of trophies they have so it's something which can be unfortunate Yes, even I also agree. It's unfortunate you cannot judge a player or a team just because they don't win enough trophies. But that is a curse which has not left teams like South Africa and New Zealand. Yeah. So it's very. I think that uh, the one of the most unsung team, Test cricket teams, also in the history is uh, the South African Test team in two thousand twelve. I think they won in England. Uh, they won in Australia. they came over to india and drew the series i think they had batsmen in prime form i think there was uh, graham smith uh, hashim amla and uh, jack alice and devilliers four batsmen who were i think in the top 10 rankings during that time and everybody was scoring runs continuously and then you had uh, a bowling trio of uh, dale stain morne morkel and vernon philander i mean even those three were the top 3 in the world so Yeah. South Africa were pretty much a team of champions during that time, and it was just yeah. an amazing team that they had. So, ironical, I would say, the team filled with champions, probably without any championship to to show for themselves. So, so that sums up South Africa's uh, what do you call it? cricket journey, if I had to put it that way, since they came back in in nineteen eighty two because. that is something which will haunts even alan donald even now the uh, 1999 so what what happened there so that was yeah so it's pretty tough because when i look at it when people keep boasting about the trophies and we need to have this trophy when this team is not good they as i asked earlier like we keep forgetting the heroes who actually won a team or tournament or for some reason they didn't win the tournament but there are heroes who we just as a society after the point we just lot the champions we don't look at the the second uh, all those stuff we are always what do you call tune to appreciate the best so the that is one thing which i hope through this world world t20 at least we get south africa new zealand that icc title to prove to all the naysayers by saying we also can be champions so i'm just hoping it happens sooner than than later because they have not won even a 2020 trophy still so there's something is not happening right for both of these teams when they play a big icc event so i think to sum up world cups as as such i think it can't get better than by saying that you should not 
I my personal take is not judge a team by the number of trophies they have in the cabinet. You need to judge players in the team. That is completely oh, no, fine with me. But for example, you don't give enough credit to a Gambir. You don't give enough credit to what Stain Devilliers or for matter what uh, Williamson did in two in uh, in 2019. He scored over five and he got the Man of the Series. Manor Tournament Award, so which is actually a nice gesture I felt. But uh, people, even both of us, actually fondly uh, remember his behavior after the very controversial final. But we yeah. tend to forget that he had scored 540 odd runs in the tournament. So somewhere, I think we tend to move towards uh, the champions more. You don't look at the other people who make the team the champion. So I think that probably would sum up the World Cups as such because it's not. Uh, personally, I think it's not something team a team should like what England did in, after the 2015 exit World Cup exit, mm-hmm. where they built and they transformed their limited overs game just to be in a position to win the 2019 World Cup. So I don't think the World Cup is that big an event. Or maybe that is my personal opinion, but I don't think a nine second, as we said, it's not something you should judge teams on. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, well round up. I would say uh, we had really good discussion about uh, uh, the great. Uh, memories of the game. Why World Cup is so important to many uh, non-cricket fans because that's when their blood boils and becomes, you know, patriotic followers of the nation. Many fantastic spells, great innings, many defining moments, and uh, also in the in in the same undertone, uh, a few unfortunate people uh, who some might tend to label as sore losers, but we know better. They are. Just great champions who could not just figure out right things at the right time. Uh, Rakhav, it was a pleasure for me discussing uh, all of this with you, and uh, I cannot wait until probably uh, we join for our uh, next episode where we can discuss uh, much, much more things in uh, much more detail and a beautiful manner of this uh, lovely, lovely game, which keeps us interested every day long. Thank you so much, Rakhav. Thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure to go back in time as and visit fond memories of World Cup. So it was great. Like it. Like.